gentlemen to Potty Podcast Cinema. With me, as always, is Andy, and it is September 1st, 2021, with a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, let's jump right into it. Heels. Uh, so we yeah. talked about the first episode, I believe, last time, and then since then we've seen uh, two more. And I can be honest, it gets, every episode gets better and better. I don't know where it's going, and I dig that. Like, I, I'm excited to see, like, how this turns out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the first episode we both talked about. I, I liked it. It was enough to intrigue me because mm-hmm. the you could tell that the the tone was right. Uh, the actors were very solid, and and the uh, the actresses were underrated. Um, you know, new new people, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, episode two was was a huge step up for me, and I was like, oh, well, this this went from. I'm intrigued to, I like it a lot. <laughs> and then episode three, I was hooked. Yeah. So uh, from that point forward, I, like the opening scene alone was amazing with their father. Yeah. Uh, that was just a scene, man. <laughs> like it was brutal, it was gut-wrenching, and it told you everything about their backstory to a degree that matters and why they are where they are. And then, um, you know, spoiler alert they tell you I mean, it's not a spoiler alert because they tell you in the in the first episode that their dad had, had killed himself yeah um and so that that's not new but seeing that happen um well actually they said he was dead they didn't say that he killed himself uh so then to see that he kills himself shoots himself. i felt like they alluded to it though like they alluded that the, it was a, it was an untimely demise and not in a great way because they keep telling um i forget which one's jack and which one's ace um Amel is Jack, Jack right? The older Jack, brother. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, what's his name? Wild Bill tells Jack, you're going to end up just like your father. And so yeah, he yeah, says you're that right. in the first episode. So you know whatever happened with his dad, it wasn't a good end. And these guys are young enough to where their father should have still been around because you know their mother is. So they alluded to that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, sh- I should have caught that. And um, But, I mean, man, the part, you know, seeing him just brutally shoot himself when he thought he was going to like shoot that uh deer in the uh that was trapped um and then instead you know taking his own life but but the gut-wrenching of later on when he looks at ace and it's like who who idolizes his dad still and goes oh he's really such a good guy he knew you were home yes <laughs> like, yeah oh that was a good yeah oh man that was a, yeah that was a good bunch if you've ever seen one and uh yeah i'm i'm thoroughly thoroughly intrigued in the show and i i'm hooked from here on out i mean that this show just keeps getting better every episode and showing showing avenues that they could go down while you know leaving it open and um but the most important scene I think we need to talk about, though, is um, episode two. Uh, hammered uh, spades who just beat the crud out of each other in the parking lot and are really mad. Um, how do they defuse the situation? They go get some crystal. <laughs> oh, so crystal, <laughs> some crystal burger? Yeah. Crystal burger. <laughs> well, and you get to see um, uh, Crystal, the, the valet, you get to see her moves. Like, she's been wanting to be a wrestler. She's like, I can wrestle, I can wrestle. And you see her moves when she fights that guy in the parking lot. And I keep like, come on, man. All right, it's time to get her in. Like, how do you not put her in after that? But I will, but I, I, I'm not, I don't want to criticize too much because I actually really like the pacing of this show. They've, it's been three episodes in. You've got a lot of information. You know a lot about these characters already with good pacing, but it doesn't feel like it drags. Like, you're getting good action. 
you're getting good backstory uh, a good exposition and it doesn't feel like none of it feels like slow moments it, it goes by pretty quickly but i mean already you're three episodes three episodes in and i already feel like I, I know exactly who the characters are even some of the side characters like wild bill and uh, it's it's done a really good mm-hmm. job yeah, and James Harrison's done a good job, by the way. Yeah. Who, who knew? Apocalypse. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah, Apocalypse. He's done a really good job. And, and uh, I mean, the whole cast of characters is fantastic. I mean, from top to bottom, it's fantastic. Just FYI, when we were saying Crystal, I was talking about Crystal Burger. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I know what you were talking about. Yeah. Well, I forgot, I forgot her, her name. Was... Was... I did, too, until I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot her name was Crystal. But, uh, yeah, no, I man, I... I don't care which direction they go. Like it does look like wild bill is going to end up joining their crew, which is unexpected and great. Um, you know, with the way he jumps out of the bushes kind of at her at the end. And he had just done something that's probably getting him kicked out of the, uh, the WWE. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to end up joining and being part of the new, the new crew, if you will. Um, so yeah, man, I think this could be, uh, it, it's almost as much fun watching the script the script and where the story's going in the ring as it is out of the ring, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's done a good job. And I was wondering how they're going to, because after the end of the first episode, when uh, Jack Spade, you know, hurts his brother's arm, his shoulder, and then his brother's stuck crying. I'm like, man, how are they going to come back from that? And he's like, we're going to make you the heel. And he kind of gets that idea from Crystal, the uh, valet, not the burger place. And <laughs> uh, you see him trying to slowly train. I mean, he, he tricks his brother. His brother thinks he's going out there in episode, I think it's three, uh, episode three, where his brother thinks he's going out there to win back the fans. And yeah. clearly Jack has, yeah, well, he that's sets a great idea. Yeah, to be the heel. And it, like no one's really, there's not really, usually there's like a hero. And I kind of like in this show, because it's very focused on, they even say it before the show even starts, there's, the heroes, the face, and the villains, the heels. And you kind of see in this how they can go back and forth. And I, th- what's interesting about the show is they kind of do that. There's not really a good person in the show. Um, you could say Stacy Spade, uh, the wife, but who has done a good job by Allison Love. Um, yeah, she's, but- she's definitely the, the one truly redeemable good character so far. And Crystal, you can 100% agree with as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Crystal's, Crystal is, I mean, but she enables Ace. Like, she enables Ace when he's just by himself in his house and all he's doing is playing video games and they're just having a sex where his mom can hear. And, you know, she's an enabler. Uh, and she's kind of, well, I mean, let's be honest. She's not, I don't think she's really in love with Ace either. She's kind of hitching her her cart mm-hmm. in his wagon. And then in episode three, uh, you see the valet, Vicky Rabies, Say that you know you got to find a man and hitch a uh, same thing, hitch a car to the right wagon and hope it works out. And then at the very end, he's like, "Oh yeah, I had to get home to my wife." And she realizes, "Oh, that's not her wife. This is just this is just some girl he strings along." And she kind of sees what her future's like. I, I don't think she is actually in love with Ace. I think they. I think after she starts to get big as a wrestler, those two kind of split off and do their own thing. Uh, it's interesting. I, I disagree. I, th- I think that actually showed even more that she's in love with him uh, because she was truly hurt when he said, I told you not we're a girlfriend. How, how much more clear can I be? I mean, she was she was hurt. And yeah. I, th- I think that I think she did hitch the wagon to him, but in a way that 
because they were in love, they were both going to make it big together. Um, not like I'm just going to straight up use you for it. Um, I do think she's obviously, I mean, it's very obvious. She wants to be a wrestler. So yeah. uh, not, a, not a valet, but a wrestler. Yeah. Um, and she can obviously do it. She shows that, well, she, that awesome move in the, in the bar fight. And she said uh, so several times that she wants to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, not, yeah, not a surprise there, but, uh, uh, but I also thought that, uh, while she tells Ace, like she, well, she tells Jack up front, you're right. He needs to be, I thought it was brilliant for the story. He needs to be the heel. So she's been slowly pushing him to be okay with being the heel because she knows that's best for him and her. And, um, and then, uh, Rooster is the one that really just drives it into him. Uh, you know, when he goes outside and he's having a cigarette and he's like, you can't be, you can never be the face again. He's like, you cried in the ring. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but, but, but he goes, no, you cried in the ring. Yeah. Like, you just like you cannot recover from this and and tells him to go for the booze, you know, and, and that was that was cool to see. And and, and even the rooster storyline looks like it yeah. could be a blast. And I like that. So, act, that actor's done a good job. Uh, Alan Maldonado. I feel like I've seen him and stuff, but he's doing a really good job. There's a few people I like Bobby Penn. Uh, the big guy who's the newcomer, who's just, he's a really dumb, sweet guy. They ice him, you know, the Smirnoff ice where if you present it, they have to down it. That was great. And so he goes to the yeah. rooster and he throws it at the urinal. And he's like, no, you got to finish it. He's like, you out of your mind? Like, that's not how you do it. But then at the end, he puts it in his seat and he's like, okay, okay, yeah. He's just, he, like, he's you can't dislike him. He's like, that guy is a face. Like, he, he doesn't have heel in him. Um, yeah, yeah. One other thing was I didn't realize this, but um, Ricky Rabies, the um, the the kind of ringer that is used, he's kind of like a mercenary. He goes different from uh, different venues to wrestle. Mm -hmm. It was played by CM Punk, who was an actual wrestler, and uh, I thought that was I didn't even realize that until I just I just saw it. But he was good. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. I I think we'll see more of that too. Uh, of the real wrestlers coming in and helping out from time to time. Yeah. Uh, I would like yeah. That. Yeah. I think they'll, they'll use that in a good way. Yeah. That was a great, I, I really like the way he's like, you know, man, thanks for, you know, I, I need the support. Thanks for the support. Putting food yeah. on my family's table. Yeah. He was a real, yeah, he was a good dude. And he's, and he's like, what else could I do? Like yeah. get a real job. He's like, obviously I'm not built for that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's true. Like you've, the things he's done to his body over the years like yeah. Just, yeah man it was it was it's honestly it's a much better written version of kingdom so far <laughs> like it's yeah you know like you may not see the cut days because that was kind of intense on kingdom i really enjoyed that part yeah. uh seeing what they go through but outside of that i mean this has basically been a better more interesting version of kingdom yeah i would say yeah kingdom had really good acting as well but like the whole thing was just them getting drunk constantly and being fired. like ah, i don't know if you can do both those but uh yeah yeah and i also and then the last thing before we move on is uh when jack spade he, he plots he's so conniving like he he hands out all those packages packages of uh tissues for people to throw at uh at Ace when he's mm -hmm. on the stage yeah. trying to do his comeback speech. And I, listen, I, they didn't mention this, but I'm 100% sure that that woman that yells at Ace the loudest and starts throwing tissues was planted by Jack Spade. They is. They, they show that. Oh, did they? Yeah, oh, they, I missed they, that. Yeah. Yeah, they show him talking to her right before it. That's and she right. said, I got you covered. He's like, take a take a big group, uh, 
what did he say? Take a big stack of them or something like that. And she's like, I got you covered. So okay. yeah, no, he totally set that up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. And, and, and then the other thing that I wanted to take away that I just get your opinion on, because I think you could really go a couple ways. The deer, the symbolism of the deer stuck in the, uh, stuck in the garden yeah. at their, at their, their house right before he, and he sees it as he goes, kills himself. Like, um, obviously that could have been him seeing himself as the beautiful creature trapped, uh, there. But, um, it really felt to me more like, uh, uh, the uh, Jack's wife. I, I just blinked on her name, but Jack's wife, uh, who at the end is just like, uh, you know, her friends come to the, uh, to the wrestling and see what they're like, Oh my God, you got an amazing life. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, yeah, you know, as they're driving home, he's like, I do. And she's like, yeah. But then when it was over, they got to go home Yeah, and they got to leave. Like, she's like, she can't even go on a vacation because they're, their money's so tight. Yeah. And, and Jack won't, won't, I mean, he sells lawnmowers for a living and can't mow his own yard. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how much he neglects his family. So yeah. that I was like, Ooh, like that. Yeah. That deer is kind of his wife stuck yeah. in there, you know, this beautiful creature trapped. I was yeah. like, Oh, that's, that's kind of a cool symbolism. Yeah. Um, I also want to mention the dad, uh, played by actor David James Elliott, who was uh, one of two stars on JAG, which I never saw, but our friend George, who never watches TV, would only watch that show. And I thought that was kind of funny. JAG and Black Sheep Squadron. Black Sheep Squadron, <laughs> yeah, those are the only two things you watch. So, yeah. Um, all right, so Chapel Wait is next. Uh, I know you've been really wanting to watch this. I have not seen it. I don't know if it's for me yet. Um, it's on Epics. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'll let you know how it ends um, because <laughs> your biggest issue typically, and to be fair, a lot of people's issues with most things based off Stephen King is the ending. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it can be great all the way till the end and then it's all ruined. Yeah. So, um, so far, it's been fantastic. Uh, it's it's a, something that I think you and I are more typically into. We've got friends that are into like really into horror that I think would hate it. Um, because this has been a little bit more cerebral and slow building and more like a castle rock than, than like, like just to give you a, a little bit of spoiler episode four, we just get our first glimpse of a vampire. Um, so in the okay. whole first three episodes, you don't even see it. Uh, you, you, th there's something there and you see some creep factor throughout it all. And there's a, but really what's been interesting is just the dark factor of what it's like living in that li living back then, like in a, it's not Salem. It's like it's Massachusetts or, or, or actually, no, I guess it's uh, uh, Maine. It's Maine. Um, but he, he comes there with his, his his wife has just died at the beginning of the episode. And, and you know, like you never even meet her. Um, and he's got his kids that are half Indian, I believe. Uh, Indian or Asian. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, and uh, and so they yeah, they, they inherit a property and they go live on his, his dead brother's property. Uh, you know, Chapel Wait House, which is, I believe, supposed to be the Marston House from Castle Rock uh, that you see. Okay. Uh, do you remember? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be that Marston House, which is, of course, called the Marston House because of the vampire Marston who was there for Salem's Lot. Um, okay. Yeah. So there's deep history that goes through it all. Um, but uh, yeah, man, just seeing like how the town can turn on you because there's a there's a sickness going through town. That's just a basic sickness killing people. Um, you know, like a, like a horrible flu or something, but, uh, because he's new in town, they blame him and the preacher starts blaming him and Jesus doesn't like you for being new here. And so it's just so creepy how their day to day life is 
if you don't get along with everyone there perfectly is an absolute nightmare. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, and Emily Hampshire has been fantastic. Yeah. Adrian Brody has been top form. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as we are seeing a lot in these streaming shows, um, and networks, they're doing a really great job of finding unknowns to come, you know, really stand out. I, I just feel like acting is getting better. Am I wrong? Um, but or are they I, just I, easier to show people that that are unknowns? I think there's more venues to show to showcase both, to you know, your content, whether that's acting or writing or you know whatever it is. There's just more venues that you can find things. So yeah, it could be that it could have been there are always these people, uh, but a lot of times there were a few at the top that kind of kept people from you know, rising up or getting certain jobs. But now that there's, I mean, there's so many avenues and they're so desperate for content. I mean, look at all the streaming services that are just having these wars that are desperate, desperate for Mm -hmm. content that I think that's helped um, be able to employ more, more actors and, um, and, and writers and directors and cinematographers. Like you're just able to, there's just so much going on that there's more people that come to the forefront and they get to sink or swim that way. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, networks always had the fear that they had to have big names to, to anchor everything. And nowadays that's just not the case. Like we could have one guy that's recognizable or a girl that's recognizable and, and that's all it takes as long as you have a good trailer and you're on a good streaming service (laughs) that markets you. I mean, people, people have been okay with it. Um, and, and yeah, you're just getting all these actors from everywhere. Um, so yeah, no, uh, overall so far, this movie, this show has been fantastic creepy the tone is on point through the whole thing of just total you know total creep factor as i said um and uh it in the uh, as all stephen king shows it has the ability to go south at the end so i'll let you know how that goes if it ends strong then i would highly recommend it if it ends up fizzling then yeah i'd say obviously walk away okay yeah that's the my biggest thing is i I i'll get really invested in stephen king and then i hate that a lot of the endings just it's I don't they're know. bad yeah they're bad they, it just feels like oh no i forgot to write an ending i'm just gonna end it and then just walk away uh so chapel weight 62 percent from critics 79 percent from audience that's i mean that's impressive uh and i forgot to mention heels so guess guess the heels one see if you can get that Oof. i'm it's it's not going to attract people that aren't slightly at least into the idea of the of it. So I'm going to say an eight. Well, uh, for on Rotten Tomatoes, a critic and uh, audience oh, score. Because I want to start Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, because okay. IMDb okay. is just so it's so much. I I, I think I kind of like Rotten Tomatoes better just because it it separates between the critics and the audience, and I feel like that gives a better sure. view because IMDb is just kind of all over the place. No, sure. So uh, critics, I'll say eighty-five. Okay, critics is ninety six. Wow! Yeah, fantastic. What did audience score? Hear. What do you got? Oh no! <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with eighty five. Ninety six. Really? They're both ninety six. I'm not mad at it either. It's a good show. It's a really good show. It really is. I'm thoroughly. I thoroughly agree with those. God. Yeah. I really wish this wasn't on Stars. <laughs> you but know, Stars makes really good shows that nobody. It sees. does, but yeah exactly nobody sees it and yeah like i, I told somebody about the show last uh last night and they're like where I, it's on stars they're like 
Oh man, yeah. I probably won't see it. I'm like, but, yeah, no, but I know. like, get shorties on stars and heels. Like stars has a black, uh, black sales. Get shorty was stars. epic. Was L was it? Okay, man, epic does good stuff too, actually. But, yeah, but black sales. You're right. I know they they did do plenty of good series and I forget who we figured out it was owned by the other day. I had thought it was Disney, but I was wrong. Um, okay. But whoever owns it needs to find a way to get it on a major streamer yeah. because these shows are too big. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, next is Vacation Friends, the um, the ridiculous comedy with uh, Lil Ray Howery, Yvonne Orji, John Cena, Meredith Hagner, and I didn't even recognize where Meredith Hagner was from, uh, but she was on Search Party when I who I, I loved her on that, and I didn't even recognize yep. that she was from that. Um, what did you think of this one? <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> It was so beautifully stupid. Yeah. And uh, I, John Cena nailed it. Uh, I just very much, yeah, I, I loved it thoroughly. It was just, I don't want to say unexpected, because it's kind of exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. I remember sending you the trailer, and I'm like, you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just have that feeling this is going to be good. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it delivered. On, I mean, John Cena was just absurd yeah. in the best way. Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, the girl from Search Party, uh, Meredith, you said? Meredith Agner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She killed it. Mm -hmm. um, because that had to be, somebody had to be the spouse of John Cena in a way that was believable yeah. and, and could really carry, you know, I mean, he's obviously a huge presence. And she nailed it. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it was so enjoyable. I hope somehow there's a sequel because I will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could do a sequel just because they, you couldn't. Yeah, the family had made, and if they could. The only thing they would, could do is if they try to do it. If they try to do a, a new one with all new people, but I don't want to watch that. I, it was it was nice the way it was. Um, yeah, I agree with you. So I I'm gonna give it God, and I feel like this is low, because it's just so stupid. Like I gave it an eight point three, but I honestly I feel like that's you know what I'm gonna bump it to eight point seven just because it was so much fun. And it was something I haven't really seen in a while. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'll say, I'll, I'll go neck and neck. It's say 8.7. Okay. I think that's a great spot for it. And uh, I mean, the, just the line there, where they're playing golf. He said, "You up for a foursome?" He said, "Well, there's at least one girl involved." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so oh seriously. God. Oh, yeah. my God. It, I, I, yeah, I can't get enough of John Cena. All right, so IMDb gave it a criminally low 6.3. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, 58% from critics, 49% from audience. And I don't know what they were – I don't know what people were expecting. People are dumb. Yeah. It was <laughs> – I mean, it was a dumb comedy, but it was so much fun. And Lil Ray Howery is also – fantastic and everything I, he was so enjoyable in this as you know the straight guy and uh yeah i couldn't get enough of this one it was so good i'll probably i'll watch it on some lazy sunday in the winter again i mean you nailed it he he is the straight guy that was the secret to the formula right there. yeah he he was a very good straight man and uh yeah i think that would work great robert wisdom by the way nailed it Love as guy. the father-in-law yeah. like he did such a good job of that and uh yeah that was just the absurdity factor the, the whole time was through the roof it was fantastic yeah I, 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 looking forward to seeing more yeah agreed um all right uh so we got 
the most recent episode of What If, and I don't think we talked about the last one, episode three. So let's see. This one was What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands? And the one before, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes, which is the Avengers kept dying. Let's start with that one since that's one that came before. So yeah, basically what's happening is it's they're going back to when they started putting the Avengers together. Uh, one of the first things is when they find Nick, Nick Fury and uh, Black Widow find Tony Stark in the donut and from Iron Man 2 mm-hmm. and they go to recruit him and he dies in the donut shop. They, don't, they can't figure it out. It's they thought it would give him that shot that you know that helps that helps kind of stabilize the the ZZ as in Iron Man too, but it ends up killing him, and then uh, Thor ends up dying from Jeremy Renner shooting him. He's like, I never. I, he's like, it slipped. I never slipped, and so they put him away. Uh, Mark Ruffalo gets injected with uh, a serum that makes him expand, and you're like, how are all these people dying? And it turns out it's uh, Hank Pym, who lost Hope, his wife, uh, I'm not wife, his daughter. His daughter. And is now become evil. And I'll be honest, I never thought of Ant-Man as like this incredibly powerful uh, hero. And they kind of make fun of like how he's, you know, Ant-Man. Like he's not really much in, in, the, in the movies. But like he is like this silent assassin badass. Yeah, he. I mean, because they showed that Hank Pym and Janet had been, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents back in the day and were wildly effective going in into, I think it was Vietnam mm-hmm. and, uh, and and some other places. And, uh, and and I love that. I mean, I would love to see a prequel series about the two of them just yeah. whipping people's butts over there. Um, and that looked like a lot of fun. And so we got the, you know, the taste of that with like a quarter of a second flashback in, in the original Ant-Man um, and yeah, so we got to see Hank Pym, old and grizzled, still angry at Hope, you know, having uh, joined S.H.I.E.L.D. and dying in the same way that her mom had in service to the country and and not knowing she had been a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and berated Hank Pym and, and to have his, you know, obviously losing his daughter in the way he lost his wife. So, yeah, he's out for blood and, and starts taking everybody out. There's one line of dialogue that's fun. So we originally thought what if was just going to be individual episodes that had nothing to do with one another. And that's kind of how they advertise it on purpose. Yeah. And now you can see clearly they're building towards all of these worlds connecting. Yeah. And and being a connect shared universe that's going to build to an Avengers level, you know, showdown at the end with a lot of these characters. And and now they give you the big bad and Loki. Well, um, Hank Pym says something to sh- to Nick Fury where he says, uh, Nick Fury says like, you killed all these people, and why Thor? You know, he wasn't even an Avenger. He's like, oh, he's someone you would have brought on and. And he's like, and Thor, I did as a favor. So he said that word, that phrase. So you know, somebody asked him to kill Thor. Yeah. Um, which is probably Loki. Uh, you don't know that for sure, but yeah. really, really sets up a bad precedent. And then, um, well, the thing that I then, saw that were it's connected is in the first episode with uh, Captain Carter, that dimension opens yeah. and the tentacles come out. And then in the most recent episode, Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands. He starts conjuring all these demons to to try and suck in their power. And it's the the baddest of them is the tentacle one. There where you just see the tentacles, you don't see the rest of them. And even after he sucks in all the other demons' powers, he still doesn't he still can't defeat that one. He has to cut its tentacles off and just get part of it. 
And so uh, there's yeah, something. That's to right. That. Yeah, Shum- Shumagorath or something was the name of the creature in the uh, the comics. Yeah. Uh, that it's based off of, which was one of Doctor Strange's biggest, you know, uh, villains, uh, hardest to defeat villains. Um, and he was in like one of the Marvel vs. Capcom video games I remember, which was a blast. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, man. So it's looking like they're setting up the Avengers. Although there are the, some little discrepancies that that I'm not sure what they're doing because at the end they showed that Nick Fury is going to recreate the the Avengers, but he's like the Avengers were never individuals. It was a, an idea, and he's yeah. like, and, and so and but you see the frozen shield, and he and he says, "How you doing? Uh, it's time to get everything to go, you know, everything together, Captain." And then you see Captain Marvel behind him, but in the world we knew, uh, Captain Carter. Uh, didn't have the Captain America shield. So I don't know if those are separate timelines, if the, how this is well, all going to work well, because, well, that was a Captain America shield that was frozen. That's what I mean. And Captain Carter has a different shield. Hers has the... But there uh, wasn't a Captain the Union America. Jack. But there wasn't a Captain America. Steve Rogers became Iron Man, and Captain America was actually Captain Carter. So there was no Captain America in that. Well, I don't think these are... Dude, these are all different universe these yeah. are all different multiverses i don't think they're related in that I th- way i think they're going to get pulled together though is where i'm going like yeah. i think captain carter gets sucked into their universe i think the black pan so yeah uh, yeah i think they're going to all get pulled in through this like universal war of some kind at the finale because they've, you've seen the, the the avengers scene where they're twirling in a circle and all these characters are together so somehow they're going to be together, but well, in the uh, in the finale, uh, the there's already the premise out in an alternate timeline. Vision becomes an all-powerful android known as Infinite Ultron when merged with rival android Ultron. Now it's up to the newly formed Guardians of the Multiverse to put an end to his reign before it's too late. So possibly in that one. Okay. So I'm thinking <laughs> it can pull in all of them from all the different episodes into that. Okay, that's a movie I could get behind also. Yeah. <laughs> Guardians of the Multiverse? Yeah. Yes, the problem is you can't put it, you can't have it part of the cinematic MCU because it'll start to confuse uh, casual fans. Yeah. Although, are there casual fans anymore? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There certainly are. There, there are people that'll like, I'm going to watch this one, but I'm going to watch that one. Yeah. There's people that like, they'll just go and see the ones they want to. You, you and I and our friends, I'll go see everything that Marvel puts out, but that's just us. But like, I don't know. But look, we have friends like our friend Mike. He probably has seen half the Marvel movies, maybe, and he probably won't go. He probably hasn't seen any of the TV shows, uh, especially specifically not the the animated one. I mean, there are, but they still want to go to the theater and enjoy a movie. They don't want to be lost. So that's the tough tightrope that Marvel walks is being able to. Um, give fan service to the people that are invested, but still entertain those that are not. Yeah. It's a tough tightrope tightrope when you have this much IP. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. Well, I'd say what if so far has been a huge success. How about you? Uh, I, I've loved it. It's gotten better and better. So, uh, if we just go by IMDb scores, which granted giant grain of salt, um, the, the captain Carter episode got a 7.2, which is way too low. I, that's, that's in the nines for me. Um, the T'Challa becomes Star-Lord is an 8.3 still too low um, the evil Hank Pym was an 8.2 which is about right That's the that was my least favorite so far and then the Doctor Strange one was a 9.2 which I thought was really good but I still think 
I, I like that one on its own, but I I think I still would put that one up with the first two. I think all all the first two and then the fourth one, the Doctor Strange one, are all about even keel, but they're all very different. Yeah. And very different. They tell stories very differently. Like you mentioned for this one, I don't know if you said it on the show, but you were telling me earlier, the Doctor Strange one is like a Black Mirror episode, which I think is spot on. That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah, it almost feels like that episode specifically um, existed for a, for two things. One, to show you that dimensions can be split or timelines can be split, but two, to show you the stakes of what is to be, you know, of the multiverse, that there are stakes where like both of those timelines were complete. The universes were completely destroyed with what happened in this one and and uh, and, and messing and the dangers of messing with time which obviously Kang, all, everything that's going on is, is going to be a big part of the MCU. So you, you kind of had to see stakes, and that was an interesting way to do it. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, let, let us move on to uh, Theodore Lasso. So last we left Ted Lasso, um, Roy Kent had come back to coach, and Nathan was a little bit bummed because he had just become the coach. He you know, was dressing all fancy on the field. And uh, was doing well and a little bit intimidated. And uh, then we we come in this week. They're struggling. They're struggling to win. They don't have that, you know, that killer instinct. And uh, they don't really know what to do. So Ted's trying to encourage Roy to kind of teach Jamie, which he won't. He, he teaches everyone but Jamie. And apparently Roy Kent being there has made the team way better. They keep calling it the Roy Kent effect, uh, which just makes Nathan feel even lesser just because he recently became, you know, started dressing nice and was the, it was more of a coach. Yeah. Uh, more confident now going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also see Rebecca is, uh, she's got hunky Luca and then she's got her uh, mysterious man on banter. Uh, her mom comes in town, sees Luca's dong as does her cleaning lady. And that's how the show begins. Uh, <laughs> yes. so she's, that's how you begin the show there. Yeah. Uh, so her mom comes in and I have to look and see who the actress that played her was because she was, I don't see her, but she was she was great. Um, she said she's going to leave her, her father. She seems like the strong, independent woman. At the end, you realize, no, she does this every so often. And then he buys her off with, you know, fancy things, you know, a shiny thing and goes back to him. Um, you see the relationship between Coach Beard and Jane, which we've all kind of known is very weird throughout the show. We get a deeper look into it now. And... Everyone but Higgins says, just don't say anything, just go along with it. But Higgins has trouble lying to his friends. And, uh, and Coach his, his, his literal convulsion. Yeah, yeah, he keeps joking. <laughs> He's joking on his, uh, on his own words. Um, yeah, I love it. And I love in their end, Higgins finally says, look, she's not very good to you. Uh, and Beard says, listen, I hear it. I hear you. I understand. I appreciate it. Let's never talk about this again. And then as they're leaving, <laughs> yeah. she takes off his uh, his baseball cap and puts on, I don't know, like a, a ridiculous tam or something. And uh, which the hats are a part of Beard's identity. So we'll see where that plays out. Yeah, um, that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. What else did we see? Uh, well, one of the big parts is we find out the mysterious banter uh, suitor for Rebecca is Sam Obisanya. Which is yeah. weird. Uh, that is really odd. First off, proud of you for saying it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I nailed it. I'm, 
I would have never said anything outside of sand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you took you took a swing and you hit. Yeah, Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I was. You know, the, I really loved the sand part because. They did a very good job of convincing you that was Ted mm-hmm. uh, for, for two full episodes, really showing Ted, you know, cutting to Ted, sending a text or looking at his phone right as as Rebecca was getting a banter message or something like that. So, yeah, I was pretty convinced it was Ted. And, and that does feel weird. Like, uh, I don't it, it seems like a really odd match. I don't I, I don't like it. I, I don't care for that match. Um, but but I, I, Sam, I actually I actually dig that. <laughs> I'm digging that. I think that's a good fit. Uh, I'd like to see how that works out. I think her, her husband ended up with a younger dude. Um, she's kind of, they've kind of hinted that she, she at least likes Sam and, as, as a human being. Yeah. Like has well, since the very beginning. Even when she was being terrible. He is delightful. And as everyone else, as she was being terrible to everybody else around her. You know, I remember like the, it just really sticks out the first season when like Sam just busted her off and she's like, Oh, Hey Sam. Like she was actually really happy to see him. Like, uh, so that, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like they've always kind of set up, you know, some small way that, uh, that, that she's a fan. <laughs> and then, you know, her, her niece, I guess you can call her niece, Sassy's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, having a huge crush thinking Sam's the big, the, the, the hottest thing in the world, you know, and then Rebecca laughing at that, you know, uh, I don't know. I just think it's, uh, it's a good fit. And I like, uh, seeing the two of them, uh, get together. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, I don't know. I know you, yeah, you said that you were like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I don't know, man. That sounds weird to me, but okay, I'm going to trust them because they've done everything so well so far. Um, now, Jamie's She's the boss a lot. Lady. Do what? <laughs> She's the boss lady. <laughs> she is the boss lady. Um, one thing we noticed is uh, so I was talking earlier about how Roy was coaching everyone, had the Roy Kent effect, except for Jamie Tart. And. He says, uh, he tells Ted Lasso, well, you broke him. Uh, you, you made him become this, this, uh, you know, this sharing, passing, nice guy. And at his core, he's a prick. He needs to be a prick on occasion. He's like, we'll give you a signal when it's appropriate. He's like, how will I know what it is? He's like, you know. <laughs> and so all at once, they flick off JV Tart. Uh, and he realized that's a symbol. And he, he is so good as a prick yeah because yeah he, he tells the guy all right here's what's gonna happen you're gonna foul me and i'm gonna i'm gonna make one in from um from midfield and then he does it but then right afterwards ted lasso has you know his panic attack similar to how he had in season one uh, when they're at the karaoke bar and he starts to and he he says oh my stomach hurts and runs off the field and everyone just doesn't think too much other than stomach ache except for Rebecca, because those two have become basically best friends. And so she leaves, tries to find him, can't find him. No one can find him. Everyone's about to leave. And then the Dr. Fieldstone, the new psychologist, finds him on his couch. And he says, I think I need to book an appointment. And then it cut to black. And I was like, oh, man, they did it again. Yeah. We all knew this was coming. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you know, that he was going to eventually have to talk to have the sh- you know, showdown, if you will, with the therapist and, and, and admit everything that's really deep down wrong with him, which has to be a lot. He fled the country to get away from his family. He ran away. And, and he says as much to Rebecca, I think it was the very end of last year uh, in the finale when she's talking about when she's admitting to him what she had done, you know, hiring him for him to fail and all that. He's like, you know, divorce does weird things. You know, I ran 
I ran into a way to a different country to escape it or something. So yeah. that, yeah, he's going to have to go back at some point, but uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's obviously just going to be around the family, but this father's been such a big theme. I'd be really surprised if it doesn't have something to do with his parents too, because I, I think he made one comment that, Oh no, my dad was great or something like yeah. that at one point. Um, so that kind of throws a wrench in that, <laughs> but uh it would be weird to not show why, why is he such a happy outgoing, you know, all shucks guy? Like I, it would only make sense like from a psychological standpoint, if it was because he came somewhere so bad, he's like ignoring that side of things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. You had mentioned the, you think the dad's coming in at some point, you'd mentioned that, uh, a few weeks ago and I think you might be right. Um, it's definitely the kid because you hear the kid's voice when he's having the panic attack. You hear his kid's voice kind of talking to him, and so it's definitely the family thing. But I mean, we, we've kind of picked up on this is very close to home to Jason Sudeikis, who um, divorced. You know, his him and his wife got divorced. Um, they said they're only going to make three seasons because it kills him being so far away from his kids and having to be in England. So this is there's a, I mean clearly a lot of parallels between the two going on. So kind of a cathartic show for him to work this out what he's going through you i'm sure you'll see in the next one but it's as always life imitating art yes yeah yeah right what you know and so as always it's a great one except for the oddly out of place christmas one but uh yeah they've all been fantastic so yeah i don't know what else if you're not watching ted lasso that's on you it's it's way too good not to that's exactly the case. Uh, now, one show that you might not have been watching lately because it, man, did it take a dip hard, uh, is Archer. Now, it came back with season 12, and a lot of the trailers, they even kind of make fun of themselves about how, you know what, he needs, it's so stupid. We just go back to what we usually do. You know, instead of being uh, uh, drug dealers and all this, we're just going to go back to being agents. We're like, okay, but how do you make it fun and original? Well, they're broke. They're beyond broke. And so everything, it's its basically like Archer, but it's way, way cheaper. And they have to get... Um, <laughs> Budget uh, Archer. Yeah. And they have to get Lana's <laughs> husband, who... I mean, obviously, there's something weird there. She's uh, married to uh, uh, Stephen Tobolowski, who's very rich. And he's going to finance the, the operation yeah. right now. So he's the CFO and has a lot of... A lot of input now and clearly they're in a terrible marriage that never should have happened so there's that dichotomy uh i watched the first two episodes the first episode i was like meh it was okay uh and then it got a 7.8 on imdb which felt oh, it might be a little bit high i think i chuckled a couple times uh and then the second one low jacks got an 8.4 and that also seems a little bit high but i would say an eight i would say it's a solid eight but i feel like it's it's coming it might be kind of going back so i'm i'm once again looking forward to watching archer as opposed to last dreading time when it. i was not yeah, yeah. uh when not I even just, dreading just ignoring yeah yeah oh yeah i never dreaded it it was just kind of it was yeah. sad because like it was so good when it started off and now you're watching yeah i don't think i watched uh maybe i did watch last season but it i don't know i don't remember thinking it was nope it doesn't look like i watched too much of it because i don't remember a good portion of it but uh, I don't know. I'm gonna stick with this one. It's been, it's been enjoyable, and it's like I don't know. It's never. It'll never be what it was. I don't think it does. 
it does feel way closer though to mm-hmm. what it used to be the first few seasons it's way closer and i, I love the uh the scene where i forget who it was is, is in a coma and they go what are you, what are you doing just watch them sit laying there in a coma he goes i don't know but there's nowhere near as enjoyable as i thought it would be yeah <laughs> <laughs> talking about the last two seasons yeah. of archer being in a coma that was that was fantastic there's nowhere near as satisfying as i thought it would be <laughs> yeah yeah they've been kind of poked uh, fun at how it's how it's dipped and uh yeah they admit they screwed up they, yeah. they did a bad job yeah uh new episode on tonight I'll I'll watch it. Uh, it'll be, you know, it it doesn't take that much time out of my life, and it could be good. So I just keep rooting for it. This is season twelve. Good lord! I mean, it, I would say it first started dipping. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think going back to the seasons, but like, well, up until the coma, I think like it was. I enjoyed it all up until about the coma episodes, and then it like kind of dipped off. So I mean, they made it like eight seasons, seven seasons, where it was really good. Yeah, but I, I liked the I, I liked what he was trying with it. You know what I mean? Like he's like, okay, how do I put? How do I make Archer? You know, in the eighties with the Miami Vice, and how do I make you know Archer? I did the like that one. I did like the Miami how, Vice season. Yeah, and so he's like, how do we do this? Oh, we'll just we'll just put him in a coma and we'll do whatever we want for a few seasons. Uh, I mean, I liked the the idea of it. The execution just didn't work like it should have. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right, so a new miniseries that's come up and we've had the first three episodes got released and then the fourth episode just got came out on sunday i think it was sunday uh nine perfect strangers which for if you've ever heard our award show this is definitely going down for best ensemble because the cast has been really really good uh nicole kidman melissa mccarthy michael shannon luke evans uh newcomer ashy asher ketty who i've never seen before she plays the mom of the marconis uh, michael shannon's wife she's been fantastic Samara Weaving, Melvin Gregg, who I saw in the second season of Vandals, thought he was okay, but he's been good in this. Tiffany Boone, Manny Jacinto, Bortles, um, the daughter Grace Van Patten, Regina Hall, who has been dynamite, and of course Bobby Cannavale, who's always great. Um, it's been weird. It's been really weird, but I, I'm interested to watch the next episode. Like if all the episodes were already out, I would have binged this in probably two days. It's it's that intriguing. Yeah, I mean you you nailed it. It's uh to say it in a word, it's bananas. <laughs> it is <laughs> the series is bananas. Uh it's uh but it's been great. Yeah, it's it's I wasn't really sure what the trailer was telling me it was gonna be. Like it yeah. I could tell there's gonna be intrigue and there's gonna be some form of mystery, but it also felt like it could potentially be some kind of like I don't want to say supernatural, but uh, some kind of element other than reality, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And uh, thank God that's not what it was, because it's way better like this. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's been, I mean, powerhouse acting from every single person on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd seen, I'm trying to remember what I've seen Asher Ketty from, but she was good when I'd seen her before. Um, but yeah, I really think Carnivali's killing it, and Tiffany Boone is just the best on yeah. Tiff- Tiffany Boone she's going to be huge um, well we really, but, but, we I mean, found out in the most recent episode that she's not taking her drug dosage and she's saying you're bipolar so I, I mean clearly mm-hmm. that's something's going to come of that later so that's that's intriguing and I she's done a great job so far and to go down that route I mean I'm wondering how that's going to work out 
Yeah, I mean, she was my immediate thought of, of well, clearly she's the one threatening uh, the boss lady. Really? Ooh, oh, yeah, because she's hooking up with Manny Jacinto. She, yeah, and, and that scene where she's like, just happens to be right there after she, she dives off of the cliff or whatever mm-hmm. and asks her about, have you gotten a threatening message, even, you know, when she just gotten one? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it felt to me very much like they are trying to lead you down the Tiffany Boone path for that. Um, uh, but I have no idea. Uh, there's a lot of ways they could go. Um, I will say the part I like has just been, this just had me laughing out loud and, and you have to be a fan of, you know, movies like we are to really have gotten it. It's just the, uh, the scene where they, they have them take the swords and beat the living snot out of the, uh, the one person that they have to look at that, that drives them, you know, the most angry or yeah. makes them the most angry. And she has her real life husband play that yeah, character. Ben <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's beating the snot. McCarthy out of. does. Yeah. Uh, picture someone you want to beat the snot out of and it's a real life husband that's fun that was funny even though the scene wasn't meant to be funny yeah um but uh yeah and nicole kidman is masha has been i i know hot take nicole kidman's a good actress yeah. uh but uh <laughs> but her is masha when i first heard the uh the accent i think in the trailer that she was going to use, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know about this." Yeah, and uh, but she's nailed it. She's nailed the character. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's been. I mean, there's there's not a weak link in this. They've all been really, they've all been fantastic. Um, as far as who's doing sending the pictures, yeah, you, clearly Luke Evans. They're trying to send something. They're, he's the one that's supposed to seem like the most evil because he's clearly, he's a, he's an investigative journalist. He's there to, he thinks undercover to investigate. She's like, no, I knew who you were. I brought you along. But it's, you keep seeing, they take, they're taking steps forward, but like the Marconi's, none of the Marconi's seem like it, but maybe Masha had something to do with their son's death, but I figure like she would figure that out. It seems like it would have to be someone on the island. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, mm. I I couldn't tell you who it is, but it's it's fun watching the journey. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing I can think of is that it's um it's Manny Jacinto's character, because the the guests feel too complete. She did have a chance to background them all, right? Yeah. So so they they supposedly have already background checked them all, um, and Melissa McCarthy's characters could be there for Carnival's character. Uh, they're going to end up together in some form. Um, the family's going to just get over their things as a family. I think you're right. They're, the reporter's too easy, right? Like, yeah, that's just too easy. He's, he's, that's, a, that's a MacGuffin, if you will. Or that's um, exactly what they want you to think. Or red herring, I should say. Red, red herring. herring, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the only one that like potentially could would be, because uh, we don't really know any backstory on him, is, is his name Sam, uh, the, the Twitter, uh, Ben, Ben Chandler. Uh, Jessica Chandler's husband, the Twitter person, um, with the the dude with the Ferrari. Yeah, we don't know anything about him or why they're not together. All that kind of stuff. Just that he won the lottery. Yeah, he won the lottery, and she's famous, but he has really no sense of purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, is I think where his real issue stems from, and he's kind of already led to that. Um, so that may be. But all I don't that think is. he is. But he seems so apathetic that I don't feel like he would be. Like he has no drive to do anything. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I agree. I think he's just lose, lost a total sense of purpose. Um, but uh, 
maybe Jacinto's character, you don't really know much backstory yet. You saw that he saved. He was a Mothra. paramedic. Well, he's got. He was a yeah, paramedic. You know, he's the paramedic that saved her life. Right, right. That, but I mean, that's it. That's all you know about it. So he's blindly following her like a puppy dog. You would assume that's that's what we know so far. But um, but why did he follow her? We we know he saved her life, but that doesn't mean you quit your job and follow somebody into some weird quack quack them. You know what I mean? So um, that'll be interesting to see what happened there. And you know, they're covering the person's face. To me, usually when you cover somebody's face entirely and you can't even see their hands, you know, from the shooter of Masha. Uh, from her past, mm-hmm. usually that means it's a woman. Um, and it looked like they why. were. It looked like a small person too. Yeah, and so that's why I, Tiffany Boone's just keeps sticking out to me. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I think it's her. Okay. All right. Yeah. Possible. Uh, all right. Another new show that has been fantastic is Reservation Dogs. I know you weren't very much into it on the first episode. I was like, ah, keep going. It gets better. Then the clinic episode, you're a little bit more in. Uncle Brownie, I'm a little more invested. And then what about your dad? I thought it was fantastic. I know it wasn't one of the higher rated episodes, but I thought it was uh, greasy greasy fry bread was stuck in my head for like two days afterwards. (laughs) Piece of crab bread. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty good. Uh, the the penis medallion, the microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty, they're all shaped that way. They're pretty hilarious. No, that the show's been great. It. Uh, I don't want to say it started slow. I started slow on the show. Okay. Um, it took me a while to acclimate to the weird, odd world of the show, and uh, well, not that long. By episode two, I was I was enjoying it. Um, and then, yeah, I feel like it's, it's not that it's getting better. It's just more goodness, <laughs> more of the same every episode. But I wouldn't go run so everyone, they have to go see it tomorrow, but like, I very much enjoy it and I'm looking forward to the next ones. Yeah. Was that fair? Yeah. Like, I'm not, not telling everyone they got to see it. It's not, I'm not dying laughing, but it's funny and I enjoy it. But it's like, the, the, yeah, there are moments that are just they're just enjoyable. Like that's the thing is it's most it's enjoyable. I'm trying to think, but it's got a lot of heart and I feel like you you know you're kind of rooting for the characters who all seemingly have very different directions or no direction at all. And and it's a, a it's a view into a universe that I know nothing about and it's just kind of, you know, how in our world you see like people's superstitions or things like that 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 they kind of do and in this one it's just it's just completely different. And so I just like that I get to see into a world that I've never seen before and hear the song Greasy Fry Bread. <laughs> We're going to hear some more of that. But, by, yeah, by the way, agree. Uh, so in the show, his, the, this is Bear's dad, who's a rapper, and they've, they've alluded to him before in an episode before. Uh, in the show, his name is Pumpkin Lusty. Uh, in real life, his <laughs> yeah. name is Sten Jotty. Uh, and I believe, he's a, I believe he actually is a rapper. But uh, I have to look. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe so. I I'm just looking into it now because I was like, did they put all the tats on him and all like, and do all that stuff? So I was like, no, it looks like that's him. So pumpkin lusty. Yeah. Yeah, pumpkin lusty. I'm gonna have to. I'll I'll search on Spotify. Stenjotty. I love uh, that he's in, in his profile picture. He's actually wearing one of those uh, 
those necklaces like yeah. you gave them with the but it's a honey bear yeah it, yeah <laughs> it's a honey bear that's yeah the beaded necklace yeah that was so funny when it turned out to look like the dick and balls yep oh Stin Johnny. he's got a few he's got a few songs all right i'm gonna check that out later between that and, and then being terrified of it uh the the aunt that was opening the door like oh i'm scared of her man <laughs> and she comes, she's like this totally innocent looking woman that pops up but then she's got a pocket knife and you're like oh yeah. <laughs> okay she's gonna catch you <laughs> that was pretty fun but yeah, yeah no this is just, it's just been a day in the life series where you're following somebody through this different world that you're not you know really aware of um the only thing i would say is there and, and it's on purpose is there's just no there doesn't seem to be a through line like what what is it what do any of the main characters want to have happen i guess i guess you've kind of seen they kind of want out uh of there especially the the best friend i guess you call her yeah um she wants out they've been saving that money to get out of there um i guess that's it but there's no like there's no goal for these characters growth at the moment yeah did you did you realize garrett Hedlund was in that episode yes i did which yeah one? How, did, how did you not who was he which one was he the doctor the doctor that the mom sleeps with at the beginning. Oh it's my hilarious. god! Yeah, I didn't it's... even notice that was him. I did not recognize. Oh my... That was yeah, such the... a creepy. Yeah, that was such a creepy scene, but it was so well done. It was so well done. The second he looks at her at the bar, I'm like, scary <gasps> Hedlund. <laughs> like, yeah, and he's got that voice that's it's hard to yeah. hard to escape. I but, guess uh... I just wasn't expecting it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. that's a big that's a big name for for the show. Yeah. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Um, all right, a show that is definitely something you need to be watching and definitely a comedy. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is back for its final season, and which is sad, but I feel like it's kind of going out on a good note. So the first episode was very preachy, which Michael Schur shows tend to do, but that's but they pick you know they pepper it in with the really funny stuff. So if you get one every once in a while, that's fine. And honestly. For a cop show in New York, you kind of had, I, they did kind of have to address it. This was more preachy than funny. Uh, and boy, people voted it down. It got a 5.0, which has got to be the lowest episode. <laughs> but then it comes right back with, uh, it feels like it's right back to the old, the usual. It, it was, it's real funny. I got so far behind. I got to watch, I watched episodes like three, four, and five, like, all in a row. And I think six? I have to go back and see Six, it. yeah. I think I did Six is the one where McGinley comes back. Yeah. yeah okay, then, yeah. I, so I watched all all four of those, like, right in a row, and it felt, oh, felt so good. We got, a, we got a final conclusion with Doug Judy. Um, with their... That's that's what was gut-wrenching to me. No yeah. more Doug Judy. No more but Doug I'm Judy. But I'm glad they wrapped it up. Yeah. Yeah, did you like the way they did it? I love the way they did it. Yeah, I love the way they did it. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, he had to help Doug Judy go. Like, he was—I don't want to say wrongly, uh, you know, wrongly convicted. He had done what they said that he yeah. told him. I left a, a video <laughs> bragging about how he did it, um, but uh, he—you find out that the circumstances he was in to begin with and why he started stealing was because he couldn't get a job because he was wrongly arrested. And uh, so Jake's like, all right, I got to help this guy get away. I'm not going to do it myself, but I'm going to help him in a, in a weird way. Um, and uh, at least that pin in his, in his pocket. So uh, I, I liked the way they did that a lot. And the, and the friendship and the mind twistings were, were just hilarious. Um, but what was the word he says about uh, 
Slurp slurp. He, he drinks Peralta. What's that? Slurp slurp. Yeah, no, that's his phrase. And then he he, he makes up some word, and uh, Peralta's like, no, I don't do that. He goes, see, I tricked you into believing that was even a word. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, no, it's yeah, they've all been pretty good. It feels it it feels like a return to home. Like it it goes back to the the comedy styles it was before, but you also see it setting up the stones to the path to the finale. Um, Which Jake, is where he won't be a cop anymore, right? Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Because Jake and Amy, they're both, you know, they, they don't have, they can't get up, they can't find a, uh, a, a nanny who's not a pedophile or a weirdo. Um, and so one of them is going to end up having to quit and stay at home. And Amy's, you know, she's going to rise to the top. She's going to have a better career. And so he's going to end up, and he's kind of a child anyway, so he's going to have to stay home with the kid you kind of see it going that way and then yeah and the police union battle you know he's gonna in some way he's gonna have to sacrifice himself and his job yeah to fight the police unions yeah because at the beginning he says i'm one of the good ones and i just one that says they're only good ones but isn't one of the good ones and at the end he's gonna have to yeah <laughs> i'm really good one. <laughs> yeah at, at the yeah and after a while he's gonna have to yeah he's gonna have to make a sacrifice to show you know like Rosa did. She's like, I can't be a part of this. And she's going to be a PI. And that's kind of like what her story will be. I'm hoping she ends up running off with Pimento at the end. But. Ah, oh, man. I, 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 I hope that it just shows Peralta in like the post credits uh, joining her PI firm. That's, that's what I want to see happen. Peralta and, and uh, her Rosa PIs. Yeah. Because um, that'd be the only thing he would think is cooler than being a cop. Yeah. Would be to be a PI. Well, we've got three more episodes until we find out. So there's two more episodes, and then there's a two-parter, which comes out the same day. I guess they all come out the same day. So, yeah, we have two more weeks until we find out. The next two episodes come out tomorrow, uh, episode 7 and 8, and then 9 and 10 come out on the 16th. Mm, That's hard. That's harsh. Whoa, on the 16th? Why on the 16th? Why? Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. Why two weeks later? That's peculiar. Oh, because of because of Labor Day, they don't want it to come out on Labor Day. Well, but it comes out on Thursdays. You're right; it does. So that doesn't make sense. Uh... Maybe football. <laughs> maybe because Thursday night football starts. Then I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. That's peculiar, but yeah, it's you know it, it's time it's time for it to end. To be honest, if, like season eight, it's been great. I agree. It's definitely going to fall into my other rotation of background shows like. Uh, the Office, Parks and Rec, Superstore, uh, but it's time. It's time to kind of move on and go to the end. And you kind of see that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Andy Samberg. I mean, he did Spring or Palm Springs, and it was it was really good. So he's got other options. Uh, Terry Crews has got other things going on. It's kind of time yeah. to move on. This is the kind of show, though, that uh, if they end it right, which I think they will. Uh, they could easily do like a movie every once every three, four years for fun uh, and bring it out. I mean, that could easily be a Christmas special randomly two years from now or yeah. about a specific topic or whatever. Yeah. It's a it's perfect type of show for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, and then lastly, so it took me forever, but I finally did it. I, I watched the season three finale, possibly the series finale of Mr. Inbetween. Um, 
Not possibly, it is. God, shut up. Shut up, baby. No, he said it. He said it. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. So, it was fantastic. I still Season 2, I think, still might be the best one overall. But, man, that's such a high bar. That's like... Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going ratings-wise, Season 2, I think, is a perfect 10. It was. It, it had everything. And then this one's like a 9 point... I think I... Well, let's see. I scored them. So, for this one... See, Mr. Between... The first season I gave a 9.3, second I gave a 10, and then for the third season I gave a 9.5. So, very different shades of amazing. Uh, but it is, this might be one of the greatest shows I've ever seen, and I'm so upset that it's over. And it ended on such a cliffhanger, and I wasn't ready for that, because I didn't know this I, was the last was season. Was it a cliffhanger? I, I don't think that was really a cliffhanger. Well, how is it not? Well, yeah, because those two got... All right, so to recap... Well, I mean, I, I think the point is, you know that... Okay, so just really fast, the way it ends is... is uh, All of it is, you know, his buddy... Amazing gunfight, as you always want to see, right? They have this amazing gunfight. His, his kind of... One of his best friend buddies gets, you know, annihilated in a gunfight. Um, he goes to Damon... What's his name? Her- uh, Damon Dewey Heron. Crow? Yeah, Damon Heron. Okay, yeah, and it goes to him, and you find out that yes, he in fact did rat on him because that's ultimately who he is, and he's like, and he chooses not to kill him, and he just walks away from the life altogether. You see that he decides to do what's right for his family. He becomes a taxi cab driver, starts living a very normal life, um, alone because as he as he knows from the two episodes previously that I thought were brilliant, which is the road trip episode yeah. where he meets the girl, yeah. and he's like, I just can't have the woman in my life. Like he's just he just realizes that. Yeah. Um. I thought those were brilliant episodes. Yeah. And then uh and then yeah it comes you know to to again realize that that's what it is goes to live his life as a as a taxi cab driver, and then at the end they show, you know he's giving those two guys a ride uh, or a ride to a party, and they're like go down this back alley go down a little more keep going down this road Cl- you know, clearly you plotting something of. against him. Yeah, well, he gets in the ass that you try to jump him and steal his money or something like that. But he gives that smile to the camera at the end when they're like, where he's like, oh, you, you got a problem or something? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you have a problem. And then he looks at the camera and has that smile and then starts playing that run music. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, they just, they're just letting you know, no, they, they poked the wrong bear. And uh, he's about to kill him and he's going to get back into that life somehow because he lived that normal life for a while. It, show, you, it lets you believe some time has passed. Right, they do. They go to some pains to show you a lot of times past, and then, uh, yeah, he, and then he realizes he just can't escape who he is, and and they, and they pick a fight with the wrong anger management dude, and he's gonna he's gonna destroy them. Okay, uh, that's how I saw it. So I saw. Well, a, I, I didn't like. All right, so yeah, so there's those two guys, and what I saw it as is that was the people that he's hiding out from. Although I thought he killed everyone he needed to hide out from, so I didn't understand why he had to keep hiding out. He did. Yeah, he did. Then why did he have to he, keep living that life? He he wasn't. That that's what I'm saying. That was the whole point. He left the lifestyle because like the girl in the previous few episodes previously is like, are you ever gonna? Uh, and and the ex girlfriend they show the episode before that he runs into on the street. They're all like, are you ever gonna leave this lifestyle of being a a, a hitman? And he's like, it, it's he's like it's who I am. And and then finally after a while after that big gunfight and his best friend betraying him and his other really good friend being killed in the gunfight you know yeah. he realizes he's like it's time to go it's time to retire from being a mercenary yeah. i can't do this my whole life or it won't last long 
and then it, and then it shows that some time has been gone. He's been living in this trailer. Yeah. He's been working as a as a cab driver. That's him. That's him showing. That's the show showing us what Ray Shusman's life would be like. You know, had he had he gone the straight and narrow. Yeah. And so he does that. And he's trying. That he's doing his best to stay straight and narrow. And then at the very end, those guys in the cab, you know, a couple punk un, unarmed punk guys. I don't think anyone's supposed to believe they're going to win that fight. Yeah. I think it's them showing him like you can try to escape it, but you know, trouble's going to find Ray Shusman. Yeah, and then, all... and then he has that smile, like, "All right, forget it. I'm just going to embrace who I am." And he smiles, and then they play that that techno, and you're like, "Oh God, he's going to go mess those boys up." <laughs> so, so the way I saw it was, that, so he killed. So the the car trip goes wrong, not his fault, but you know it goes wrong, and then those guys are after him. So he goes into hiding. Well, he ends up finding out where those guys are, and kills them all. Uh, after yeah, Dan Harriman sets him up, and after he killed them all, I understand, understand like, okay, he could have gone home and worked a cab there and at least been near his daughter, because, who he clearly loves. Uh, like, that's the most important thing in the world for him is, you know, his daughter. Why did he have to but keep living out? Him. Why did he have to keep living out in a trailer, like, so far away from her? That... They talk about that in, in the road trip episode when they're in the middle of nowhere. And he says, I would live in a, I would live in a, uh, I would live out in the middle of nowhere away from everybody because bad news always finds me. Okay. And so the best thing for his daughter was to stay away from her. Yeah. Because the more he was in her life, the more bad situations she was put in. So that was the whole thing. I think he bought uh, that trailer okay. out in land, like he and his buddy had talked about, they would uh, do one day if they ever retired. And, and he does that. He moves out into that trailer in the middle of nowhere, spares everybody in his life, lives a loner lifestyle. So nobody's caught up in his mess or, or his, you know, what he believes is his curse of being Ray yeah. Shoesmith and then um and surrounded by assholes, <laughs> which is what he calls everybody. Yeah. Or shitheads. Everybody's a shithead in the world. Yeah. And uh yeah, and tries to go the straight and narrow all the way up until the end when he realizes like I can't escape away. Yeah. And okay. uh and, and 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 so they asked they asked uh um Scott Ryan who plays Ray Shoesmith, like, was that the series finale? Everybody's pretty convinced the series finale. He's like, Yeah, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. And Jason says, nah, nah, <laughs> which is a perfect race suits with a response. Just, I'm not going to give you any, like, detailed answer. Just, nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, they said in a third interview, he was finally asked, uh, you know, what are the thoughts? You know, is, is, are we going to maybe see a season four? And he said, no, nah, I feel like we left race Shoesmith in a, in just the right place. Like, and he goes, he said, I know that's the, He's the kid. Ray Shusmith is the reason I'm not living in an apartment, <laughs> you know, off food stamps. He's like, it's the, it's what made me what I am and made, gave me the lifestyle I have. But he's like, I've, I've, you know, I've lived enough of my life in his shoes. So he's, he's ready to do other things and just put that behind him. Okay. I mean, he doesn't have anything else on the docket IMDb wise, but I would watch him. Well, because he's not I don't think just, he needs to. Because he's not just the actor. Like, he's also a writer. He also wrote and produced the show. Um, right. So... Did he direct a few of them? No, he didn't direct. He directed The Magician, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the movie based on this, which you said is not very good, but... It's all right. It's yeah. just not amazing. It's, 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 not it's, it's, it's definitely a lower-budget version of this, but yeah. I can definitely see why someone saw that and went, ooh, this is this is good. Like, yeah. we could make something good out of this. And um, well, yeah, I'm yeah. glad they did. Yeah. I, I, do you think, though, like, I can't imagine this was a huge ratings draw for FX. 
Uh, I want, yeah, I don't, I can't imagine. Because almost I've anyone, never heard I've, anyone talk about it. Yeah, ever. I've tried telling other people about it. They're like, what is it? Like, they've never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. But I tell everyone yeah. I can't, anyone who will listen to me, I tell them about this show. Because it might be, it might be one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And, and, and stayed that way from beginning to end. It never wavered, in my opinion. And it was thought-provoking and yet violent and fun and <laughs> everything a guy wants in the show, everything FX ever wants in the show. And, uh, yeah, it's tragic that it's over. But I would imagine that the ratings weren't that great. And uh, and he probably even saw the writing on the wall from FX, like, eh. Because yeah. the one negative thing I'll say about the finale, even though I very much did like it, is I can see why other people thought it felt rushed. Yeah. Um, and I think it was because they... He was told, hey, uh, halfway through the season, you, we're not picking this back up. Yeah. He's like, shit, okay, well, let me give them the finale. Um, so he gave them a true finale and just kind of rushed it in the final episode. Yeah, you might be right. Well, after hearing you explain it, I like it a lot more. Um, <laughs> and I will say, the thing about this show is I've never seen in a show where it can tell you so much with zero dialogue. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they could... They, they had scenes with no dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like the, uh, uh, excuse the, uh, the ratings, uh, but uh, the, the fuck scene from uh, a wire, where that's the only word they say yeah. through the whole scene. Yeah. <laughs> and they just keep repeating it over and over and over in different ways. And you're like, yeah, that's uh, there's an amazing full scene with one word <laughs> uttered over and over and over. And that's kind of how I felt about this is they, they, they could just, he could emote with his face you know, in this perfect way. And, and then the fear on other people's faces with his reaction and or disappointment or whatever. I, I think he's a really good actor. I hope he does yeah, other things. I agree. Uh, that'll do it for what we're watching. Uh, and we'll be back after a message from our sponsor with uh, Coming Attractions.